All right, so we're going to get into our message today, and we've got a kind of a continuation uh, from last week, and if you were with us, you know that we started into uh, a message out of the book of Ephesians, and we're just kind of breaking down the book of Ephesians chapter by chapter, if you will, but one of the things that we were doing is we were kind of drawing an uh, overarching theme, if you will, out of the book of Ephesians. And if you don't know, I mean, some, some books, when you read through them, uh, God kind of has sort of an overarching theme that's woven throughout all the text and all the verses, all the chapters in those different letters or epistles or books of the Bible. Um, and so one of the things that we wanted to do was really draw out the theme by grace through faith out of the book of Ephesians. How many people were here last week for that? Just out of curiosity. Okay, so by grace through through faith is really what we are breaking down and unpacking. And, and, and the idea there is that in order for us to be, let's say, game changers the way we say it, or be, you know, walk in our calling and our purpose that God has created us for, we have to get a revelation of the grace of God and the empowering grace that comes from walking with God. And when we get a revelation of grace, it, it sort of changes everything about how we move forward doing what it is that we're called to do and being who we're called to be. And so by grace through faith was huge. Now, if you didn't hear the message last week, if you weren't here, I want to encourage you to listen to it on podcast. We have it up. We just got it up last night. Um, obviously, we had a lot going on this week, so I apologize for that, but we just got it up. And I would like you to go back and listen to that one after obviously hearing the message today, because I'm going to give you a little summary of last week in just a few minutes, uh, but certainly it isn't going to be like the teaching of the text that we went through in the first three chapters of Ephesians last week. So here's the main point that we wanted to make. By grace through faith is a statement that Paul makes, and he talks about that as he's referring to how we are, how we receive our salvation and how we're saved by God. And it's, it's by grace, which is a free, unmerited gift. It's God's leaning in the direction of having favor upon. He's always predisposed to want to bless his children and freely give it. That's the grace of God flowing into our lives. But one of the keys that we really hit on is the, is the first part of, or the second part of that statement where he says, by grace, but through faith. Through faith. And the word through is kind of like a bridge from faith to grace. And so we went through that quite a bit. But the point is, is that in order for the grace of God to flow into our lives, for that unmerited free gift of empowering by God's Spirit to flow into our lives, all the areas of our lives, everything that we touch in our relationships, in our work, and all of those things, there, the, the grace has to be flowing. But we have to have faith that it's there. So it's by faith. It's by, and faith, it says in the Bible, comes by hearing the word of God. So as we hear the truth preached, as we hear the message of the gospel, as we hear the message of God's calling for our lives and, and what he's promised us, there's a revelation that happens in our spirit and it establishes a belief, what we call faith, a substance of something in us that we can now move forward from. And when we have faith in something, so goes grace after that. 
that. So I have faith that God has, let's say, created me and, and purposed for me to be a father and, and to raise godly children. That's part of his mark on my life. And I, I believe that. And because he's graced me to be, because he's called me to be a father, I know that being a great dad requires things that I simply cannot do on my own. And so I have a faith because the Bible says, ask and he will, you will receive. Ask, believing, and you will receive. That I ask and believe God is going to give me the ability and the wisdom to raise my children up through challenging and difficult things as they age in their lives that I don't really know how to explain or answer for them, but I believe that God is giving me constantly the wisdom and the favor in, in order to do that. And so the grace of God, it's an example I'm giving, but the grace of God is always flowing into my life in how I'm parenting and fathering my children. Does that make sense? And I need that grace because it's a supernatural power that enables me to do what he's calling me to do that I don't have on my own. But what precedes grace is faith. So by grace, through faith, all that we have in Christ, it can really be said that way. That we, we get it by grace, but it's through faith that he gives it to us. Okay? So now that we're there, we're going to pick up in chapter 4. And I'm going to begin reading uh, just in the first few verses out of 7 and 8 here. And I've, obviously we don't have the scriptures on the screen like I told you. But we do have some Bibles on the chairs. The Methodist church that we rent space here from, they usually have Bibles out. So you can grab one of those and use it. And if you have your own, fantastic. Verse 7 it says, But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. So, one of the things that we see in Scripture is that God gives supernatural gifts to his children. And he gives them and they flow by grace. It's by grace that we have them. It's by grace that we flow in them. And it's by grace that they're operable and, and empowered in our lives. Now, we all have a, a variety of gifts, okay? So when we look at this, um, we can look and see that we have natural gifts. That some people, they, they, can, they can just, they're born to like run really fast. They're built that way. They can just run at high speed and it just seems to be there. That's maybe like a natural gift of their physical body. Some people have this gift of, of singing, right? Glory, she sings beautifully. We can establish from last week, if you were here, whenever I tried to lead us in a song, I cannot sing. I don't have that gift. Okay, I actually thought I did really good. I was like, yeah, that was great, wasn't it, Katie? She's like, let me let you listen to the audio. <laughs> so she isolated that little section in, this, in the service last week, and she let me listen to it last night, and I was like, ooh. <sighs> yeah, that was not good. And, and you could kind of just hear me and she sort of like silenced out of the background of everybody else. And it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. So thank you for coming back today if you were here last week. But so we have these natural gifts and these things that we move in. But we also have spiritual gifts. 
And the Bible is, some people say, well, there's only certain spiritual gifts. And I got to tell you, to me, the, the realm of spiritual gifts that God gives is beyond our ability to comprehend. In the book of James, I don't want to get out of Ephesians too much, but he says something about every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights above, whom with there is no variation or shadow of turning. It's interesting that he uses those words because variation and shadow of turning are like celestial terms and kind of refer to the number of stars in the sky, which of course are limitless and countless. We don't even know. And so I really believe that this, the gifts that God is giving to his children, because he's so good, and we talk about this no variation or shadow of turning, that there's limitless gifts that are spiritually empowered in our lives to flow. But the key is, is that God gives them to us and he empowers us to use them so that we can walk out our calling, so that we can fulfill our purpose. If we broke down and kind of isolated each person in this room and said, we all have a calling and a purpose. It's all unique. It, none of them look the same, like a fingerprint. They're individual. One of the things we could say with certainty is that every child of God's life, in order to walk out their calling, requires spiritual gifts, requires them to be active. One of my daughters, who is one of the twins, Annalise, we were just talking the other day. And she was saying, you know, I was just telling her how much I appreciate her comforting me and just being there and, and loving on me this last week with everything I've been going through. And she's like, you know, Daddy, she's like, I just, I see you really encourage a lot of people. She's like, and I, I just, I want to encourage people too. She's like, I actually think it's one of my gifts. Isn't that awesome? It's so awesome. Yeah. And I started thinking about that and I'm like, you know what? If you know Annalise, you know, that is actually one of her gifts. I mean, she's just, she just speaks life into anything, you know, and, and makes everybody feel better when she talks to them and she's specific about it. And she kind of has a way of seeing things in people that she speaks to that's not just random. It's very poignant and specific. And now that I've really been reflecting on this, I'm like, that is a spiritual gift that she's walking in. She believes that God has given it to her and it just shines forth in her life. Are you with me? And so we all have spiritual gifts and we need spiritual gifts to be flowing in our lives in order for us to fulfill our calling. And then the key is, is that it's, it's by grace that they flow. It's the grace of God flowing into our lives that, that activates them and it's our faith and trust in God sustaining us that keeps them flowing inoperable on a day-to-day -day basis in our lives. So by grace, through faith, we have spiritual gifts and we flow in spiritual gifts on a daily basis. Are you with me? So gifts. Now let's jump to verse 11. And here he starts talking about, and he himself, these are a few of the, uh, let's see. I'm going to jump down here. First, let's just go down to verse 16. And he says, From whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now, he, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to read this too. This was verse 14. He says, we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, trickery of men, or cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head of Christ. So, 
what I wanted to, to draw out here, this whole theme of by grace and through faith, is that as grace is flowing into and out of our lives, we see that we are all members of a body here, God's church, right? And as we see here, it says that each member has a part strengthening and being strengthened. Interesting, right? Everybody kind of, it's like there's two sides to this. Each of us, as grace is flowing through our lives and God is doing, performing his will through us, that there is a strengthening that is happening amongst the members of the body as a result of that grace being active and being operable. But at the same time, because we're engaged in God's church, we're a part of a body and we're members, we are also receiving strengthening by the grace of God flowing through other people's lives and their gifts being active and operable. Does that make sense? And so what we see here is we have a picture of this church. And he even says, like, we're not tossed to and fro. So when we see the, the church as she's meant to be, which is uh, God's grace flowing through her members and out of their lives, strengthening and being strengthened for every person, every member, what we see here, if you get this with me, is a, a glorious picture of an advancing, strong, victorious church in an evil world, right? Where the world is overcome with wickedness and things that are evil out there. We see a picture of God's church where the grace of God is flowing through her members and out of their lives, where the, the church is constantly getting stronger and advancing and moving forward in what, it, what she's called to do and what individual her members are called to do. And it's a beautiful picture of a strong, advancing, and glorious church. It gives victory to all of her members as she moves forward. Now, going back here to verses 1 through 3, now that we've just touched on those two things, I want to read this. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness and long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now, when he says, walk worthily of the calling in which you were called, the word worthy basically means to have a worth or an effectiveness that matches the value of something. So when he says, walk worthily of this calling, guys, he's saying the, you, the life you're called into is a life where grace is constantly operable and flowing through it. It's a life that's constantly empowered by something of a spiritual nature that empowers your life that's not a part of the natural man. So walking worthily of that means that we walk forward believing and trusting in God day to day, knowing that His grace is with us so that the grace is operable in our lives. Are you with me? It's kind of like saying you have something. You have this gift of grace that Christ paid the price for. It, it's free. God is always wanting to, to, to impart his grace into your life, to empower you to do all you're called to do. Walk worthily of it, meaning believe it, trust it, and have it in your life day to day. And so when we think about, let's say I remember when I was, uh, this was before Katie and I were even actually married. We were dating. And one of the vehicles that I loved, that I wanted to have was a Porsche 911. Okay? 
911 Turbo. And uh, I mean, I went to the dealership and, you know, it's like, I'm going to come back and buy that thing. And the guy's like, okay, yeah, sure you will. So love that car at that time. And uh, I went over to Katie's mom's house one day when we were dating and uh, Doc had a Porsche 911 sitting in the driveway when I showed up. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't even believe this. Like, this is my car. And she's like, well, it's actually his car, but you know, whatever. So we went in and he's like, yeah, you like that? And I'm like, yeah, I like that. And he's like, well, here, go ahead and take it for a drive. I'm like, are you kidding me? All right. All right. You know, so I got the keys and Katie's like, oh boy. So she gets in. And so the car has all this stuff, right? It had the, it had the top that folds down or whatever. So I'm like, well, we got to put the top down. So we pull, top goes down, you know, and we get on the highway and we're driving down 141. And look, I'm just going to level with you. I nailed it. Yeah. And it hit, I mean, I went over a hundred so fast flying down this straightaway on 141. And, you know, she's increasingly getting more nervous as we go. And then finally she's like, okay, that's enough. So I slowed down or whatever and turned around and come back. But look, you got a car that goes a hundred miles an hour in a matter of seconds. You might as well use it, right? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe you shouldn't do that. <laughs> but my point is, if you got it, use it. You've got the grace of God. He wants to put in your life every day. He wants to empower you through his grace to be all that he's calling you to be, to, to create these gifts to be operable in your life and happening and touching so many people around you. If we've got that, shouldn't we be using that, right? Shouldn't we be walking in that? There ought not be a day of our lives that we know Christ where it's not said that his grace was flowing through us into our lives that day. If we have it, we need to be using it. And the grace of God being used in our lives or transferring into our lives is preceded by faith, by the faith that we have it and that God wants to give us everything we need to be who we're called to be. Amen. Now, here's another key here. He says in this verse, with all lowliness, gentleness, long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. This is a remarkable thing to me. There's another scripture in the book of Matthew, chapter 23, I think it is, verse 12. It says, he who humbles himself shall be exalted, and he who exalts himself shall be humbled. I actually think it was the other way around. He who exalts himself will be humbled. He who humbles himself will be exalted. But there's a big key here in that recognizing this lowliness, this gentleness, this humility is an awareness and a recognition that none of these powerful things that happen in our lives, these gifts, are, have anything to do with us. It's this awareness and this understanding that it's God who is bringing those things to pass and who is giving us what we need. Now, that means a couple of things to me. It means, first of all, I'm not the source, so I don't look to myself for that. Make sense? When I need something, when I need to require something, I don't look to myself as the source. I look to God as the source of that. And so there's this humility, there's this gentleness, there's this uh, awareness that it is through God that we have all these things that he gives us. And so as we maintain that place of humility in our lives, so goes an increasing power of grace in our lives. The more grace that's flowing, the more power 
that's happening in someone's life, the more humble and aware that they are about who is really the one that's bringing that to them. Are you with me? It says in another place in the Bible, it says that things are of him, through him, and to him. And so it's almost like, imagine it if it's like a circuit, okay, like a completed circuit. The grace of God that we have through faith comes from God. So there's of him. Walking in it day to day and the empowering grace flowing in our lives, gifts active, all that is through him, sustained through him. So it's of him, through him. And then here's the last part of the circuit. The key is it's also to him. So there has to be a profession of that off of our lips that we need to give the glory to him, accredit it to him for everything that's happening in our lives. Does that make sense? So of him, this grace flows to through him. The grace is sustaining everything we're doing. And then to him, we're lifting the praise and giving the glory back to God for everything that's happening in our lives. And this cycle, this flow of grace is just constantly happening on a daily basis. And we are people who are walking in a calling that God has preordained for us as a result of that and his hand is upon it and his purpose for our lives is being fulfilled and completed on a day-to-day -day basis of him through him and to him and we have this sense of humility about us this gentleness uh, all the time now jumping ahead here into verse 17 he says this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, when he's talking about the old man, he's talking about the man prior to the, the rebirth, the born again, right? The before God, Christ's spirit comes to live on the inside of us. And he's saying that the old man is, is made up of a deceitful, of a lustful, very carnal nature. And that's the tendency that, she, that it, it's constantly leaning in the direction of. And he's saying when you've received Christ and you have this grace in your life now, you ought to put that off and put on this new man, which is a man who walks day to day in the grace of God flowing in operating in every area of your life. Now, when he says put off and put on, when you look at those words, they're actually kind of uh, words that are used when you talk about similarly like changing clothes or whatever. So you take off of an outfit, you put on a new outfit. So you, basically what it means is you're wearing it. 
You're wearing the new man day to day is what we ought to be doing is what he's saying. Now, it's interesting because we see that people, they can come to the knowledge of Christ, receive Christ, be born again, but there can be this sense of still being drawn in and still being overcome with all of the carnal parts of life. We're, we're not turning away from the old and walking into the new. Are you with me? So as we get a revelation uh, of God wanting to increase our faith and His grace to flow in our lives and we walk in this new man, we put away, we turn away from, we put off that old man. And that's what he's saying is that the grace of God flowing in your life, you're a new man. You're, you're, you're turning away from, you have victory over these things that once drew you in and had power over you. They ought not to have power over you anymore. If they have power over you, you're still wearing that old clothing, that old mentality, that old weakness that you don't realize you have this victory over that stuff now as a new man in Christ, right? And so he's saying, listen, I don't want you to be blind of that. There's a grace that needs to be flowing into your life on a daily basis, and it's a grace that breaks sin and breaks the power of temptation. It empowers you and gives you the ability to resist the things that once drew you in and had power over you before. Put off that old man and walk in the new man. I would even kind of maybe say it like this. When people get sick, let's say, and they, they're not feeling well. A lot of times they will go to a doctor, fix what's wrong. They got a symptom, treat the symptom, fix what's wrong, and then they go on their way, right? But, but and I know sometimes sicknesses come and that's just part of it, but for a lot of people who choose to live healthy, eat right, exercise, not put the wrong things in their body, right? If you live healthy, a lot of times you just don't get sick. You, you see what I'm saying? It doesn't happen because you're, you're living right day to day. And so this idea that grace is supposed to be flowing through our lives every day, we have it because we have faith in him who gives it, that that grace breaks the power of sin over our lives. It helps us resist temptation. It helps us ascend into the greater things that we're called to do. It's like, don't go, some people when they have bad things go on in their life or they run into situations, it's like, they and they're, again, and hear me out. It's not that this is wrong, but it's like, okay, let's go and let's pray for, you know, let's get together and let's get a prayer team around us or whatever and help us through something that they have victory over to begin with, right? And so the point is, is let's not run, look for a fix. Let's actually walk in the cure. Yes. You, you know what I'm saying? Like the grace of God flowing through your life every day ought to be breaking the power that sin had over your life in your past. It ought to be keeping it from having the same draw and temptation to you that it once had. That's what the new man looks like. And Paul's saying, there's a lot of people who are reborn, who are still wearing the old clothing. They're still of the mentality of the old man, where sin just dominates their life, pulls them in, puts them down, and has them in bondage over that thing. That's not the new man that Christ died for them to be walking in. They need to put it on, and they need to wear it every day. And you wear it, meaning the grace is flowing into your life, because you have faith, and you believe that it's there. 
there and you have faith because you hear the word of God taught, spoken, you read it, you hear God's voice in your life and it establishes something in your faith that never goes away. It's a part of you now and that faith releases the grace of God and the favor of God to move into your life around that, that truth and be active and operable on a day-to-day -day basis. See, think of it like this. Any revelation that you've had from God, meaning if you, if you have it, you know what I'm talking about, where this revelation, you get a hold of it, wow, that's truth. It establishes something in you now that's part of your faith. That grace is flowing constantly in your life as that faith is active. Does that make sense? You, you believe God's given you something or promised something to you, then when you walk through life against challenges or different things, the grace of God is moving right in line with that faith that's been established in you for that thing. So put off the old man and put on the new. We live healthy. Live healthy, right? As we, as we just dedicate our lives to serving God, reading our Bible and, and uncovering more of His truth, learning more of what it is that He's promised us in His Word, surrounding ourselves with God's people who are strengthening us as other members who grace is flowing through. As we're doing those things on a day-to-day -day basis, that's living healthy spiritually. That's like eating right, exercising, and doing all the things on a day-to-day -day basis so that you're not prone to sicknesses that other people that don't do that are. As we're living healthy in the Word, being around God's people, all the things that we've just talked about, then grace is flowing heavily into our lives and those things that are sicknesses of the world that attach themselves or draw themselves to other people who are maybe weak-minded in that, aren't, we're not prone and susceptible to that. We don't have a weakened immune system, you know what I'm saying? Where the little bugs, if they get in our house, we're going to catch them. That's, bring the bugs in, doesn't matter. I've got a truth here, I've got a faith in me, there's grace flowing, it's just going to break whatever those temptations and whatever those sinful things might be because I know what the truth says. We live healthy day to day. Amen? Yeah. Also, moving over here, kind of continuing to break down chapter 4. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Sorry, I turned the wrong way. Uh, don't melt down, Matt. <laughs> so, all right, verse 25 says, Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who steal, who stole, steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. See, saying, 
kind of again from the old man say, look, these things that were perhaps a part of a life that you once knew, these things that don't lead to fruitfulness and aren't a part of what God's plan for your life looks like, that those things ought to be put behind you. They ought to be put away. They ought to be, you know, turned away from. And as you live in grace and that power of grace, those things ought to be just broken off of your life. And you're walking in this power that is what it is, that the, the things of God are happening and operating each and every day for you. And I think about it like this. This, this, I, I understand, this makes a lot of sense in the fact that he's giving a picture of the church that is the kind of picture that the world should see of the church. And so he's saying if, if, if a mem um, the members of the church are not walking in this grace, if this grace isn't flowing into their lives, and, and the picture that the world perhaps has is this picture of all these same things that are affecting, you know, uh, the, the people, like he said, these sinful things. What kind of an attractive picture is that really to the rest of the world around us? The church ought to represent this, this grace flowing in our life and all the th things of sin broken off of the lives of her people. That, that is a picture of the victorious church that Christ died to, to empower. And that's a picture that the world should be seeing. If the world sees a picture of, of the church, people who are all caught up in sin and, and not really walking in that grace in their lives, then there's really nothing attractive about that to, to reflect God's goodness in his grace. You see what I'm saying? Where people would be drawn in and say there's something different about that life. Because when the grace of God is flowing and it is, it is touching everything that we're a part of, there is something obvious, undisputably different because the grace of God doesn't go anywhere and touch anything that it doesn't leave a mark on. And when people see that and they feel that grace that's flowing and happening because we're walking in it and they don't see these other things that we've perhaps been caught up in in our past, then they see, wow, this is a picture of somebody who's been changed. This is a picture of a person who is different than the person that they were before. And they see a, a, something about that and we can give credit to that and say, it isn't by me. It's not by anything I did. It's the grace of God that's flowing through my life that has caused me to want to serve him. And it empowers me to do everything it is that I'm called to do. Are you with me? Yes. So, again, and I'll just close with this. If we learn these things and we hear these promises of God we hear his word spoken we, we get revelation of what it is that God has said it establishes a truth in us it, it, the Bible says the faith is the substance of things hoped for it establishes a substance in us that we stand on firmly and that we move forward believing and as we believe in that truth the grace of God flows and empowers our life in whatever way that looks like because our faith is there for that.
And it's like saying, once you get it, once you have the revelation of certain truths, and the Bible's filled with them, it's a, it's a never-ending pursuit, right, to understand more of His character of God and all of that and what He has for us. It's not like, here you have it, here you don't. You have it and you continue to have more of it as you walk with Him. And as the faith is established in us, there's something there now that we see the grace of God flowing into our life for that should always be there from then on out. Once you have it, you should always have it, right? And I think about my kids. They, uh, uh, I guess I have to tell you this because I just started to say this story. So some of our kids have a problem staying in their room at night when it's their bedtime. <laughs> and the only way we really figured out to resolve that <laughs> was turning their locks around backwards. <laughs> I know. And we locked them in their room. I know this sounds terrible, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, anyway, so otherwise everybody's up all night long and I'm, look, I'm trying to not explain, explain myself to you here, but so we, we kind of turn their locks around backwards and, uh, well, that kind of we do and then we lock it and then they can't get out. <laughs> We thought that was the solution, yeah. So then Evie, who's now five, she fig figured, first of all, she found with those little keys that you stick in the hole and that you pop the un and unlock it with, you know? And so she found one of those keys and she was getting out. And we're like, how's she getting out, you know? And she's like, oh, and we're like, Evie, why, how did you get out? She's like, I used the key. And we're like, give me the key. So she gives us the key. A Couple nights later, it happens again. Do you have another key? Yes. Give me the key. Matter of fact, give me all the keys that you have. I didn't know we had that many keys in the house, actually. So there's four, three, four, five of them that she gets out of her little jewelry box and hands over to us, right? So we're doing good for a while. All of a sudden, she's back out again. Give me, where did you find the keys? I made them. <laughs> You made them. Give them to me. Bobby pens. She's created keys with bobby pens. <laughs> so then Liza, our three-year-old, we think, we, you know, at least we got one. She gets out. Katie says, how did you get out of there? Show me. Oh, it's fun. easy, Mom. You just, she grabs a shoelace, and the little hard part of the shoelace she sticks in there unlocks the door. So I guess we're going to turn the locks back around now. But my point is, is like, once you figure out how to do something, once you know you have something, you can't take it away. When we get a revelation of truth, of God's goodness, of his promises, of his gifts in our life, of his power in our life, we accept it by faith. Do you know there's nothing the world can do to take it away from you? There's nothing the world can deal you in its wickedness and all the hurtful and evil things that happen that will continue to happen, right? Because there is a devil and there is evil in the world. But no matter what comes against us, when we have the truth in us, it's a spiritual thing. And there's nothing the world can do to stop it from flowing and to stop that grace from operating in our lives as we face those things that come against us. Amen. It's in our moments of trouble and difficulties and challenges where the world wants to the enemy wants to cause us to forget or not know that we have these power this power and this victory those are the moments where we need it the most 
to be able to rise up in faith from something that's been established in us according to this word of truth and say, I know what the picture looks like. I know what the circumstances say, but there's something that's in. It's too late. It's already too late because there's a hope and a faith that's now established in me that just simply will not go away. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Stand to your feet with me today, would you please? The grace of God. By grace through faith. I want the grace of God flowing into every area of my life. Can I tell you something? It's unmistakable. It's absolutely unmistakable. There's so many times where I can't really offer an explanation for things. I, you know, there's not a natural, here's what's going on or whatever. But there's a feeling that I have in my spirit when the grace of God is moving into something in my life. And I may not be able to put words to it, but I can certainly acknowledge it and give Him glory. This last week faced some of the most difficult things I've ever faced. And it is going to continue to be hard. So hard. But I know that I serve a good God. I know that He still has a plan for all of our lives. I know that He wants to do something great. I know that He takes tough things and He can turn them into good. And as the faith is just kind of stirring in me through all the things that have been established over the years of reading God's Word and trusting Him and knowing Him, I look at what's happening and I say, it's just the grace of God. It's just the grace of God. I have no other explanation than that. And the grace is good, it's pure, it's effective, and it changes everything that it touches. We don't want our natural hand being put to things in our lives. We want the supernatural grace of God flowing through us into the things that we're putting our hands into. I don't want a natural result. I want a godly result that only the grace of God flowing through my life can bring.